Hello and welcome to Ed and Dom's Cricket Podcast. Today we're going to be previewing a uh, bumper Ashes series about to start Australia and England five test series uh, off the back of a World Cup. World Cup, Dom Marsh, we've been uh, spoiled as cricket fans this winter. World Cup into an Ashes series, mate. How oh, good is it? Mate, I can't wait. If, if you had a choice at the beginning of the summer, World Cup victory or Ashes victory, or would you have taken You can only have one. Ashes victory, mate. Test cricket, you'll be pleased with that answer, won't you? Yeah, I think so. I think Ashes. So it would have been nice to have... Uh, Won the World Cup, I guess, but uh, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, let's talk just a couple of minutes about the World Cup because we, we did a couple of podcasts on that. It was probably, I think, I think it was the best game of cricket I've nearly ever seen, 50 over cricket. In terms of the tension and the drama and the, the spectacle, the, the last three hours of that game um, was high-stakes cricket at its best. Yeah, the final, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know about, there have been a, a few cracking one-day games. I mean, if you, you think about the 400-plus um, aside South Africa game, you think about again Australia South Africa at um, Edgbaston. Ninety nine. Uh, Ninety nine yeah. So it's definitely up there, isn't it? I mean, it was a fantastic game. Probably more so because of the prize. Well, that's the thing. The final. Yeah. The fact it was the final, and, right. and both teams playing for their first World Cup ever. Yeah. And you have to say, let's talk about the um, the incident. New Zealand were probably robbed. Oh, it's, I think everybody would say that. Uh, you know, the deflection, Stokes. Freakish thing to happen. Uh, you know, the umpires, uh, technically they got it wrong. It should have been five runs, so New Zealand win the World Cup. But, you know, I've read a few um, interviews with uh, the umpires, uh, Damasino, after the, after the game. And, you know, he said, look, at the time, you know, they've got to look at, you know, all sorts of things. About, so, you know, they don't have the luxury of, you know, stopping it or even throwing it upstairs. Um, something like that. So, you know, they're looking about when he releases the throw and where the batters are, you know. So I can understand how it happened. Um, and, and he says he's comfortable with the decision they made. Um, I don't know if Kane Williams would be comfortable. No. I mean, I, I, I got to be honest, when it happened, I didn't have a clue what the rule was because it, when it went to the boundary, I, I can't remember seeing that before. I've seen it go sort of three quarters of the way and the batsmen usually don't run as no. protocol. Yeah, yeah. And Ben Stokes, obviously, wasn't even looking at the ball, but... Uh, if the, if that was India, if that happened to India, what would what would have happened? Surely there would have been a protest. On like New Zealand took it unbelievably well, considering. Oh, because the the pushovers, aren't they? Um, you know, had it been India, there's no way in the world that it would have gone as smoothly as it did. Um, there would have been massive stinks. Uh, you know, they would have Even taken their bat and ball effectively and gone home. Um, I, I think Australia, they probably would have kicked up a bit more of a stink than New Zealand, but I don't think they would have been in India's class in that in that sense. But um, yeah, New Zealand, you know, they're the sort of you know the good guys of world cricket, aren't they? And uh, they sort of have to cop it on the chin, and and they've done that. I, I, I have to say, I, I'm as disappointed in the fact that the, it went on countback of boundaries. I mean, I don't understand. Well, that's classical. It's always it's always been wickets lost. Um, so how how and why it's changed to boundaries? I, I I've read a few articles which have suggested, you know, why not dot balls? They're just as important as boundaries. And you know, New Zealand bowled more dot balls. I mean, uh, to me, that's. I just That's think a, strange one. a rule they put in thinking there's no way this is going to happen. I, I would have personally, I actually liked the Super Over. I thought it added to the drama of the game. Why I not, just would have played another one. Yeah, why not another one? I just think they thought, well, this is never going to happen. There's not going to be a tie after 50 overs and another tie after a Super Over. But again, at least both teams knew. I mean, New Zealand, as much credit as we give them, they, they blew that game late. Trent Bolt yeah. had his chances to win that game in the last two Yeah, hours. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was... 
yeah, and why, if you look at New Zealand, you can talk about how unlucky they were, etc. But why give Trent uh, Bolt the ball in that super over? I mean, after being caned in the yeah, last, yeah, in the last over, over I, d- I don't understand that decision, to be honest. Well, um, I suppose they're, they're backing their experienced bowler there, but just on on the England side of things, I mean, we got to give them credit. They were, they were one game away from elimination, and then they went bang, 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 routed Australia, routed I think India, beat New Zealand in the warm up, uh, the the preview game, and then win the final. They were the best team over the course of the four years. So even though they were lucky in the final, uh, you've got to give them credit because they, they did produce when it counted. Apart from the final, probably. But, well, Wicket, yeah. Wicket really wasn't up their alley for the final. I mean, that was I, I don't, majorly in favour of New Zealand. If you're going to be the best one-day turn, yeah. you got to, yep. you know, I mean, yeah, they did go bang, 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 but they went bang, bang, bang on wickets that suited them. You know, when they played at Lords, they struggled. True. Um, when they played on wickets that, you know, weren't quite conducive to their... You know, smash them and bash them style style of play. They they struggled. And to me, you know, if you're going to be the best in the world, you've got to you got to beat beat people on and, and teams on all sorts of wickets. Well, and, and they haven't been able to do that. Having said that, I agree that they have been the best team uh, in one day cricket over the last few years. So, you know, in that sense, I guess justice was served and the and the right team came out on top. But I I have to say, I don't think they deserve to win that final. Okay. Let's not get too bogged down in World Cup, but just Australia's tournament, do you give them a pass mark or do you, do you think it's not up to scratch? Making the semi-finals and then bowing out in you know, ordinary circumstances, they were pum- pummeled by England in that semi-final. Um, I, I think, yeah, it's a good question. I, I think you'd have to say that it's a pass mark. Um, I think you know, six months ago, if you said you know, World Cup semi-final, you know, you'd, they, you'd probably snap their hands off. So... Um, I think they did well to get there because really, you know, six, 12 months ago, they couldn't beat Nick in, uh, in, in ODI cricket. So I think it's, uh, you know, a, a, a good achievement. I guess, you know, what's left a bit of a, a sour taste in the mouth is the way they lost that semi-final. If they'd lost that semi-final and it was closer, then you'd sort of be a bit more comfortable with it. But geez, they, they weren't even in the, on, the, on the same no. and level that, as England. The best performed players, I, I think, even though we won probably, what, seven of the nine games, probably relied on too few, didn't we? I mean, Warner and Finch had really good tournaments. Stark was excellent for the majority. And Alex Carey, probably the find of the tournament. But outside of that, even even in the games you were winning, you could see there were holes in that middle order, in particular with the bat, and then a little bit in terms of the bowling, in terms of spin bowling and, and uh, Berendorf and the likes. It sort of never looked like a World Cup winning side, even though they were winning games. No, because, as you said, they relied on too few. And it was always going to happen that, you know, Finch and Warner were going to go early. And uh, unfortunately, it happened in the, in the semi-final and then they just couldn't recover. But, um, yeah, I think they made selection errors for sure. I think um, they kept playing Stoin, uh, you know, which I just don't... I he he was really out of sorts yet. from the get-go, wasn't he? He was, uh, his he, body language and everything. They twice had an opportunity to get rid of him. And they, and, and they kept picking him. Um, well, Marsh actually has, you know, and I'm not a big Mitchell Marsh fan, you know, at all. And those who know me know that. But, um, you know, I have to say that he's formed since going over there for Australia A, um, even in the internal trial. You know, he's been pretty good. And, I mean, they, were, they had nothing to lose. Stoinis was giving them nothing. But they kept picking Stoin for whatever reason. And, I mean, he's, he's dismissal on that. So, I mean... He was just a, a, literally a walking wind. Yeah, he was um, up, yeah. Maxwell was disappointing. Those two really were the two disappointing factors. Um, had a, and they had a, an opportunity to get rid of Stoinis and they and they did not. I think they heard on that. In terms of spin bowling, it wasn't really a World Cup of spinners. So I don't think that really affected them too much. I think our fast bowlers were pretty good. Our top order were pretty good. 
but um, we, 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 where we fell down, where Australia fell down, was in the middle order. Yeah, and Kawaja had a, a pretty ordinary tournament considering he, he was in excellent form as well in the lead-up to World Cup. Uh, quick question, Maxwell. Do you, do you persist with him now? It's four years to the next World Cup. Do you keep him in that side or is it all over? I'd get rid of him personally because I just don't think... Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, particularly disappointed with the way he played. Um, I think he's um, been exploited. and found a weakness now, that short ball. Um, you know, he didn't cope with that very well at all. Um, and... Uh, four years to go to the next World Cup, I can't see him being around. Well, the thing about Maxwell is I think he's, he's going to get you the odd 40 and 50 and he's going to strike at 150, but he's the same player he was five years ago. That's the disappointing thing for me. Like Sometimes when the players get to their late 20s, early 30s, they become a more rounded, more consistent player and you look at someone like Josh Butler and Stokes and they're just levels above Maxwell. That's what we need for Maxwell. It just didn't happen. Well, the problem with... Yeah, and the difference between um, Butler and, and Stokes and Maxwell is that Butler and, and Stokes do it under pressure. Mm. I can't remember really an innings that Maxwell's played uh, that you know he's played under pressure and has actually won Australia a game. You could put, I think there was one in the World Cup in, in 2015. Okay. Um, for memory, it might have even been um, semi-final against India. But outside of that. You know, he just hasn't performed, and he certainly hasn't performed under pressure. So, you know, I, I'd flick it. Anyway, let's move on. It's a big test series. It starts tomorrow night at Edgebaston. Uh, Lords the second test, Headingley third, Old Trafford, and then the Oval. Of course, Australia have had a, a nightmare. Ashes uh, campaigns in England. They've lost their last four series in England, 2005. Of course, that memorable series, it was 2-1. Uh, 2009, they also lost 2-1. 2013, they were beaten convincingly 3-0. And then the last series, I think, was 2015, where Australia went down 3-2. So England go into the series as a slight favourite. Uh, some might think they should be a heavy favourite, but I suppose both teams have got some question marks over them, Dom. Let's start with the Australian squad that's been announced, the 17-man squad. Uh, is there anyone there that you think's lucky to be in that 17-man squad, given the... Um, the lead-up game they played and the Australia A2 and, and the form they're sort of picking off? Uh, to be honest with you, no. no. Um, I, I think it's a pretty strong squad. So you're giving Langer a rap there? Uh, well, well, I mean, I guess. Um, you know, in a, round, in a roundabout sort of way. Um, you know, I, I don't think... I think they've made the, the, the right decisions. Um, I... Um, Predicted, we had a discussion, and I predicted my 17 with you, um, and I, I had Holland in there instead of Nisa. But actually, I think that's a better um, 17. I think Nisa ahead of Holland. I think they, I thought they would have gone a second spinner. I'm glad they didn't, because uh, I think it would have been a bit of a waste. But um, I, I'm, I think that's probably the strongest squad on paper and in form uh, that they could have chosen. Okay, interesting. I think they're a better light. Like, I know Curtis Patterson hasn't, scored particularly big runs for Australia A uh, in the last couple of months. But, I mean, he's just debuted. He scored 100 in his second test match. I think his technique actually would have been sort of suited to the conditions, plays the ball late, and yet he's missed out on the 17 altogether. Do you see that as a, a problem? I think there's no need for both Siddle and Nessa to be in the squad. I think they've got one too many quicks, and if the batters struggle, which they have in England in the past, they're going to be light on options. I think what I think what you'll find they've done is um, they're they're changing the style um, of, of play. Um, now the Australian way hasn't worked over 
And, yeah. and so what they've done is they've gone in with more bowlers because they're going to actually pick bowlers as horses for courses. Um, they're going to sort of strategize a little bit more in that sense. Um, you won't see the likes of um, Stark and um, uh, Hazelwood play and play every test. So um, I think that's why and, – and when you think about it, well, Patterson, what, he, he sits on the bench for five tests. What, what, what bonus is that going to be? So I think they've – actually thought about it and thought, we'll go the extra bowler because we'll get more use out of an extra bowler than we will out of an extra batter. And, you know, what would be the point if, if even Patterson plays a test, you know, and he averages, you know, 12 and a half or whatever, it's a, it's a useless selection. So, whereas I think, like I say, uh, they're, they're actually strategizing to, 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 to win this series with their horses for courses um, bowling uh, stocks. So, um, I think, so I think they've done, done the right thing. Okay, uh, the warm-up game it was a it was over fairly quickly. Uh, Twenty-five man squad they originally picked. Uh, was that a worry, Dom? I know the pitch wasn't particularly good by all accounts. Uh, Bancroft obviously won his way in with that ninety-three not out. The only other half century in the game was from Warner, uh, but it was the bowlers who really took centre stage there. Pattinson bowled well. Siddle got wickets. Mitchell Marsh got wickets. I think he's probably a little bit lucky to be in the seventeen, but again. They're probably thinking it's a long summer. We may need an all-rounder at one point if a couple of fast bowlers break down or, or struggle. I think you need an all-rounder in a squad of 17. Um, and I think he's probably our best option at the moment, like it or not. Um, I'm not surprised the way the match panned out because Australia's bowling stocks are far stronger than yeah. our batting stocks. So you'd sort of expect it to be bowler, uh, bowler heavy in terms of uh, results. Um, and, you know, is it a worry... Yes and no. I mean, it would have been nice to have, you know, if um, to see a few more batters. Um, Labuschagne did, did reasonably well in that first innings. Got forty one. Forty one. Yeah. But it would have not been nice to see maybe Smith get a few and um, Travis Head. And, and Travis Head, but and, and maybe Wade as well. But you know, I, I think what was good about it on the positive side is the bowlers, you know, really stood up. Um, and and uh, and I think that that augurs well for um, for the side. So. Yeah, I don't think it's overall, uh, you know, particularly worrisome. Yeah, well, I didn't even mention uh, Nessa in that game. He took four for eighteen as well. So lots of depth in the fast bowling stocks. And Pat Cummins took five for twenty-four. So some informed bowlers. And the reason I like Nessa as well is is the fact that you know he can he can bat. I think he bats and has batted in the top seven for Queensland. So, um, you know. He's almost like you know. I would call him sort of a bowling all rounder. I, I, he's a stronger bat. Than, well, he's capable of batting eight in a test match. You say? Uh, yeah, I, I think he's a stronger bat than, than Cummins. So, um, you know, I I think that's an, another positive, and I think that's another reason why they've probably gone for him. And he's his ability with the Duke's ball. Um, yeah. I think he averages twenty. Um, it went with the Duke's ball in Australia. Um, yeah. Well, England will likely be having you know Mo and Ali and. Wokes batting seven, eight, nine. Yeah, so that's that right. Play part. The, yeah, exactly. Uh, what about the, the? Let's look at the makeup of the actual side now, because there's been some rumours going around and it's sort of drip feeding us what will be the eleven for tomorrow. But let's look at this top order. You have got Marcus Harris, Cameron Bancroft, Usman Kawaja, and of course David Warner. Certainly, just open the batting. It looks like Kawaja will be fit and will bat three. And by all reports, Cameron Bancroft has won that head to head with Marcus Harris. Your thoughts on that? It's a 50-50 call, isn't it? Really? Uh, yeah, look, that's the one. I think Marcus Harris can consider himself fairly unlucky. He had a pretty good summer. Well, um, even for Stray Ray, he scored 109 not out, a 50. You know, he, he'd been in reasonable form over the last yeah, month. Yeah, and, he, and he's... and like, final I, runs. Exactly, yeah. And as I say, he he, uh, he had a good summer for Australia out here against India in the, in the losing side. So, 
Um, having said that, you know, like I say, it's a 50-50 selection. Bancroft batted extremely well in that trial. Um, he's tough. He's very good um, at, uh, at silly mid-on. <laughs> well, someone said he's the best fielder. I think Steve Waugh. Steve Waugh. Best Wall, fielder he's yeah. ever seen there. Yeah. But, I mean, he's a Langer man. We've he's known for man. years that Langer uh, rates so him. So it's no surprise. No. Look, you know, I, I'm not overly disappointed because I think Bancroft will actually do a pretty good job. I think he's mentally tough. I think yep. he's a tough fella. Uh, so I, you he's going to need to be. He's I gonna... feel sorry for Marcus Harris. Yeah, he's going to need to be, yeah, absolutely, because he's going to get booed to, to smithereens, isn't he? But, yeah, I, I feel sorry for Marcus Harris, but I'm, I'm not disappointed with that. I, I think Kawaja, he'll need runs in that first. I think he's going to come under immense pressure if he doesn't get runs in that first test, to be yeah. perfectly frank. His record in England's pretty poor. His record overseas for Australia's pretty poor. Um, he had a poor, you know, reasonably average to, to poor World Cup. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, he's not somebody that you need to race. It'd be different if it was Steve Smith and you're sweating on his fitness. Yep. Why everyone's sweating on Kawaja's fitness? You know, to me, I, I don't think that's a massive, massive blow if he's if he's not unfit. So, I think he, as you say, he will back three. I think if he doesn't make them in the first um, first test. test, then he's gone. I think it's definitely his time. He's at that age now where he's, he's probably, what, 32. He'd be rated, in terms of our batting class, he'd be rated below Smith and Warner, but ahead of everyone else. I think that's why they've gone with him. I think they think Kawaja is capable of getting hundreds, but he, like you said, he's got to produce because I think he'll be in a short leash with Harris and possibly Wade or Lavashane on the bench there. Um, so I think that'll be the top three. Uh, looking more at the middle order, of course, Smith will bat four. Travis Head will bat five. He's been in some reasonable form again over in um, for a stray race. Caught a couple of hundreds there. Uh, it's a number six role that's going to be, I'd say, a straight shootout between Wade and Marcus Labuschagne. I don't think they'll play Mitchell Marsh. Now, both have had really good form in the lead-up. Labuschagne scored 1,100 runs in county cricket at 62. Matthew Wade, we know he piled on runs. I think he scored was the leading run scorer in Sheffield Shield cricket. He's got a couple of hundreds for Australia A. Uh, he did miss out in that warm-up game. Uh, there's rumours that Wade will get the nod, but hasn't been confirmed. What would what would you do? I'd definitely go Wade. I think just <clears throat> through sheer weight of numbers. Um, you know, he was banging on the door uh, last year, last summer. Um, had a fantastic summer for Tasmania. Um, and he's done everything the selectors have asked him to do and more. You know, he's gone over for Australia A. He's, he's made 100 just about every time he's batted. For 300 for Australia A. So, you know, I, I think it has to be Wade. Labuschagne, though, I mean, I hasn't been his biggest fan, but he's gone over there and, and scored five centuries in county cricket. Um, we know Langer's a big fan of this player. Obviously, he's picked him in the squad ahead of the likes of Joe Burns and Curtis Patterson and guys who probably got more credentials in test cricket, you know. So your thoughts on him? You think he's the developing player or you still think he might struggle if he does come into the side? I think he's developing. He's only a young fella. Um, 25, yeah. Also, um, he's bowled a lot of overs um, for Glamorgan as well. So perhaps he's a leg spin. He's never going to be, a, I don't think, an out-and-out leg spinner. But, you know, he, he'll be somebody that could potentially bowl some handy overs um, for you as well. I think he's a developing cricketer. Um, I, look, I would start with Wade. If Wade, you know, doesn't uh, make him in the first couple of tests, then you've got Lovashane, you know, to, to, to come in. Yeah. Um, my only concern would be the left hand. I think you've got Head at five, Wade at six, you know, Warner, Warner Kawaja. Kawaja. You've got four of your top six as left-handers with Ali. Yeah, that, that may be a problem. Um, Although, so, what, what do you think? I mean, Jimmy Anderson probably doesn't care who he's buying to left-handers or right-handers. No, I don't think he would. 600-odd or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he would care. Well, my concern, 
I don't know with, with Wade. I think, like you said, he. I think I'd go with him ahead of Labuschagne because I think he deserves it. He's done everything he possibly could. I, I just think he likes being that underdog, that scrapper. And and last year in Shield cricket, he almost played like he sort of like renegade sort of cricket, where he, he knew he wasn't in the frame. He just kept punching out runs. Now he comes back in. He hasn't got the gloves. He purely has to get runs in a spot. You know, number six. He's, he's not. He hasn't batted there in Test cricket before. And his test average is 27 with the bat. So I, I just think, uh, I don't know. I'm not convinced he'll do that well. He's made a few hundred. How many hundreds? Has I he think he's only made one test cut. might be two. I think he's made a couple at least. So, you know, whereas Lubbershane hasn't made any. Yep. So, you know, he's at least experienced that and sort of he's got that monkey off his back, as it were. He's played more tests. And he's, he's a scrapper. Look, he's going to be up. He's going to love being in the middle of that, um, you know, that bull ring at Edgebaston. That's um, true. So, you know, he'd be the man I'd take in for sure. Yeah, I think that's what, um, you know, maybe Langer's going to base these 50-50 calls on. Guys like Bancroft and Wade who are noted scrappers who they know it's going to be a cauldron there, especially Edgerson that England love playing there. Uh, Tim Payne, obviously, he's been excellent with his leadership. I've got some big concerns about his batting heading into this series. He sort of tailed off a little bit in the summer. Lead-up scores in England have been 20, naught, 38, 2, 8, and 2 not out. Plus the fact if you play Wade at number 6... I know Tim Payne will, he comes across as very relaxed and he's a good leader, but that will put him on edge straight away. If Matthew Wade starts scoring runs and he struggles, all of a sudden there will be debate and the English press will, will make a meal of it. Are you concerned about Payne? Um, I hadn't really thought about it until you mentioned it, to be honest with you. Um, you know, you're right in, in the sense that he hasn't, his numbers haven't been great. I, I can't see Australia and selectors making a change of captain mid-Ashes series. I think he's there. No, they won't. My, my point is more that uh, could this put unnecessary pressure on him having weight at six, or do you think he's I think, uh, No, I think he's I think he's more experienced than that. I yep. think he's, and I think, uh, actually, he's a tough character. I know he comes oh, across as that. a bit of a pretty boy, but he's a fairly tough fella, actually. And um, and I've read articles where Lang has, been, has said as much and just how tough he is, and he comes across as his pretty boy, but he's a tough fella. And, and look, you know, he'll understand that what he's there, and if he's making runs, it's obviously going to be, you know, things said if he's not making them. But uh, he'll cope with that, I think. Um, I, I am concerned about his lack of runs, I think, and I think he would be, to be fair. Um, he hasn't... I think he's a quality player. He just hasn't been making the runs. Uh, if he's getting he's 30s there. and 40s, that's... That's, That's what you want him to do. Yeah, exactly. And I think he'll, I think he'll, he'll be do okay. And he's and by the way, he's a far better keeper. So, sure. and in England, um, it is difficult to keep four swings after it's past the stumps. So, you know, look, I, I think he'll be okay. Okay. Uh, fast bowling lineup. We've got a lot to talk about here because there's been a, a couple of brave decisions made and a lot of talk about it in the media the past couple of days. James Pattinson will play. Uh, it looks like Mitchell Stark may miss out. Uh, I think he's definitely going to miss out, and the final fast bowling spot will be between Josh Hazelwood and Peter Siddle. So let's start with uh, James Pattinson. He's obviously burst back on the scene. We know he was a quality test bowler three or four years ago. He's had an enormous amount of injuries. Uh, they're going to let him off the leash. I think it's a good decision, brave yeah, decision. Absolutely. Um, you know, a fit and firing James Pattinson would have, would have played you know far more tests by now. Um, he's been extremely unlucky. Maybe a you know body a little bit fragile. Um, he certainly won't play all five tests. I wouldn't have thought. Um, so they'll use him sparingly. Um, look, the way he bowled in that internal trial um, and the way he's been bowling for Australia A has been phenomenal. Really, um, he he uh, finished his stint. I think it was at um, Knotts, wasn't he? 
Um, yeah. So um, he finished that, you know, by taking six or seven wickets um, in an innings. So, you know, he's been in, in great form. He bowls great lengths. He can swing the ball. He bowls at, um, you know, good gas. Uh, he's a fiery character. He can bat. Um, there was talk at one stage in his career about him even potentially batting at number seven for Australia. So he's a very good bat. He's, again, I would say a stronger bat um, than, than Cummins. And that's no disrespect to Cummins because Cummins could bat. But my I don't point, know about that. My point being that, you know, with those two, it, it lengthens the, the, the batting order. Um, so, you know, he's going to be, and he's a, he's a real competitor, isn't he? So it's a it's just a no-brainer, I think. It's a, a great decision. Um, not least because, look, the bowlers, you know, our our, our gun three, um, supposedly in uh, in Australia's summer last year, just didn't get didn't get the job done. Uh, they were out bowled by India um, in Australia. So, and I can't really remember a Test match that um, Hazelwood's won for Australia, or certainly a Test series that Hazelwood's won. Now, you, you know, you're two for forty or fourteen overs, or you're one for forty or fourteen overs. It doesn't win your Test matches. Now you know these guys have had a free ride in my in my view for for a while now, um, and now they're they're realising with the likes of Pattinson back, Nessa, um, Nessa um, Siddle having a bit of resurgence, and Jai Richardson who's who's injured and would have been in the squad had not been injured, you know putting some pressure on them, and I think that's great because you know the, the currency is wickets, take them or pack them. Yeah, I think that's very fair points, Dom, and I think uh, like you said, James Pattinson, we, we found this sort of. Last six or twelve months, Australia have almost been reluctant to get in people's faces. I think they'll like that with James Pattinson. He's a hostile, fast bowler, and he's, he's he bowls good line length as well. So, yep. I think, like you said, he's probably not going to last the series. But I think they made a decision right. Let's let him off the leash while he's in form. If he lasts two tests, great. If he lasts four, maybe they'll play in one, won't play in the next. So, I think it gives them options. Uh, but your thoughts on the final fast bowling? Uh, position, right decision to essentially drop Mitchell Stark? Yeah, absolutely. Because, again, his red ball forms poor. Um, I know he was the man of the match in the last um, Sri Lanka game, but, Ed, you could have come off your long run, mate, and probably just about skittled that Sri Lankan <laughs> side. So, you know, uh, that aside, his form in Australia was poor. His red ball form overall has been poor. What about his form in the World Cup in English conditions where he swung the ball and he looked like he got his mojo back? No, it's different. It, it, one-day cricket, one-day bowling is different to test match bowling. Um, so, you know, I don't look at that. And everyone talks about mojos. and What was his figures in that semi-final? When you know Australia run the pump, he went for seventy. Yeah, and I don't think he bowled his full ten. Uh, he took a, a late wicket, so you know, fair's fair. I mean, yeah, he had a, he took a lot of wickets in the World Cup, but a lot of those wickets were six to eleven, not one to six. He can do that in Test cricket as well. Yeah, of course he can. But by then, you know, the difference is that you know, unlike um, in limited over cricket where the opposition only had fifty overs to bat. You know, one, two, three, four, and five can all make hundreds before you skittling, you yeah, know, sure. six dollars. So, you know, I think, you know, we just need to take a deep breath about Mitchell Stark. Have a look at his stats over the last, say, 12 to 24 months in Test cricket. The bloke's overrated. Okay. I, I, I don't disagree that it's a bad... I think I would have gone the same thing. I would have played Pattinson. I would have left Stark out, but it's a long... It's a long summer. Oh, he'll, he'll play. play. Yeah, he'll he will play. play. Some play. I think they'll bring him in for Lords. I think, actually, yeah. Lords suits him with the slope. Yep. Um, so, you know, and I don't have a problem with that, but equally he can't be disappointed to be left out, to be perfectly frank. Um, in terms of Siddle v Hazelwood, I think they'll go Hazelwood. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be disappointed with Siddle because I think they both give you the same, same thing. They both give you that consistent stump to stump, you know, miserly sort of, uh, 
um, you know, um, figures that 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 economical um, line of length bowling, and they'll they'll chip in with a couple of wickets. But neither of them, I don't think, um, certainly Hazelwood hasn't shown it, is going to blow it side away. And um, and if any, if either of them, you know, based on history, is is going to take a bag full in England, it'd be Siddle. Well, a couple of people made the point that they they think Siddle. Bowls a little bit fuller, and his length will be a little bit more suited than Josh Hazelwood, who tends to be a little bit back, back of the stumps length. bowler. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, like, like you said, Josh Hazelwood, he hasn't played a lot of cricket of late. He, he was disappointed. He missed out on the World Cup squad, so he's going to have a, a chip on his shoulder. I, I would play him. And you know, Peter Siddle, I know he's got a good record, Don, but he, he's playing for Essex in Division Two, piling up wickets on green tops. He, he'd be nearly thirty-five. I don't think England are going to be scared if Peter Siddle's in the first Test lineup. I don't think they're going to be scared if uh, Josh Hazelwood is either, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, you know, all the guys in, that are waiting in the wings can do is take wickets, you know, that are in front of them, whether that be shield wickets or county wickets, Division One, Division Two, you know. Um, and and Siddle's done that. But Siddle's also taken wickets and bagfuls in, in England um, in conditions that... So I think the last um, test in England that Australia played was at the Oval, and I think he took six bucks. The dead rubber, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But where, where was Hazelwood's? I don't know. Did he no, play that game? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where were his sixes? Yeah. He, he, Hazelwood. So he's saying horses. Hazelwood and Stark played in that same match where Australia was skilled for eighty or whatever it was at, at Trent Bridge that first morning. Yeah. Where, where was their response? Well, what were their figures? I mean, you know, I, I, these guys. Yeah, Hazelwood would have been disappointed. Of course, he didn't get selected in the World Cup. Look, the currency is wickets and wins. You're fired up today, aren't you? Oh, because I'm sick good. of these boys getting a free ride and saying, oh, you know, we should be there. Well, take some wickets, well, get, my, some, get some wins, yeah, I mean, and uh, it's not a problem. Sure, but, you know, what, what's Peter Siddle done for Australia in the last oh, two years? Aside, took, from, took three aside wickets. from take over 200 test wickets. Yeah, but Josh Hazelwood's nearly got 200 like, wickets, and he's 28. Just like Peter Siddle's 35. He's going to yeah. end up with double the wickets Peter Siddle's going to have. I'm not, I'm not convinced about that. Mate, Peter Siddle's best was five or six years ago. Yeah, he took I, a hat-trick in 2011. I, I, I don't dispute that. I, I, I don't dispute that. And actually, I think that since he's become a vegan, he's, he's, uh, it, you know, he's gone downhill, yeah. But, um, but my point is that he's got a good record in England and that he's in form. Um, he, he took more wickets in the... Let's look at the internal trial, for instance. Look at Siddle's figures versus Hazelwood's figures. I mean, all you can do is get wickets and, 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 and compare like for like. And at the moment... I think it's fair to say he's putting pressure on Hazelwood, and I think that's fair enough. Yeah, it'll be very, very interesting. I think I think Hazelwood may get the nod, but like you said, they've got lots of depth in the fast bowlers, and Michael Ness is there as well. So uh, Stark, Hazelwood, even, even Cummins. I mean, Cummins is going to play, but yeah, he, he had a slightly underwhelming World Cup. Yeah, absolutely. He was disappointing, to be honest. Look, I'm not convinced by equally, whereas you know um, Stark's... Um, White ball form, you could argue, is is, is very good, and he's a automatic selection. I, I I would I would almost and and whereas his test form is not, I, I would say the reverse of um, Cummins. So I'm not convinced that he's an ODI bowler, to be honest with you. I think he's a very good test bowler. Um, you know, I, I I don't think I can Again, I can't think of a of a time where he's really won a won a game. Who opens the bowling? Just say they pick Hazelwood, Cummins, and Patson. Who are your two opening bowlers? Cummins after he won, wouldn't he? No, I don't think they will. No. Pattinson, Pattinson, well, Pattinson will take take the new ball, obviously. And I, I think if Hazelwood plays, I think he's probably, probably has to new new ball. So I think they similar to what they did last year, you know, in, in, last summer here, they'll have Cummins at um, first change. Okay, well, it's going to be very interesting. We will be back 
in a moment with part two where we're going to preview the England squad as well as give our uh, predictions for the series, including who we think will be the leading run scorer, who's going to take the most wickets, who might struggle, and ultimately who we think uh, will win this Ashes series. <laughs> 